It's the SeltzerCast with your host, Sean Patrick O'Brien. Now's the time to crack open your favourite carbonated beverages and take a sip. Mmm, tasty. It's bubbly, isn't it? Hi, welcome to SeltzerCast. I'm your host, Sean Patrick O'Brien. Today's guest is a documentary filmmaker behind Defunct Land's incredible feature film, Live from the Space Stage, A Halix Story a film in which it is his directorial debut. Please welcome Matthew Serrano to the podcast. Today we will Hello. be drinking a San Pellegrino together and discussing his new film. I'm really excited to drink this San Pellegrino because <laughs> I have been doing nothing but moving around and I am thirsty. <laughs> Do you want to crack it open with me? Sure. Yeah, right. mine is like really nice and cold. So, so do you excited. have a bottle? I I found a can. I didn't even know they made these in cans. But do you have I like have. I I've never seen a can before. I have a nice, uh, tall glass bottle of it. Very Cracking nice. Cracking mine open right now. Okay, so to so start, let me just say a little bit of history of San Pellegrino that I was not aware of. That kind of shocked me. Um, San Pellegrino, it's a mineral water, so sparkling mineral water. It's been around for 620 years, and it's wow. been said that Leonardo da Vinci visited the town in Italy in which it's produced, and he loved the water. Um, the drink, it has been featured in Federico Fellini's La Dolce Vita, Sorrentino's The Great Beauty, and finally, Jay Roach's Meet the Fockers. So today we drink San Pellegrino together and discuss Matthew's film. So first off, how are you, Matthew? Uh, like I said, exhausted. Uh, been doing a lot of moving around. I just moved to North Hollywood, so still getting some things moving around while also getting things prepared for this film. So really tired, but really excited. I'm going to take a sip of this sample agreta. Cool. <laughs> so um, in your words, can you just describe to the audience what Live from the Space Stage is? Live from the Space Stage is a documentary for YouTube that we made on a band that existed for one summer only at Disneyland in 1981. It was a project like an experimental rock band that Disney tried to make to capitalize on the successes of Star Wars and Kiss. And yeah, people, people are shocked whenever they find out about Halix. Uh, I mean, we were shocked when we found out about it, so yeah. we decided to make a documentary about it. It's crazy um, to me, just like watching the film, that it's essentially a film on a band that almost virtually does not exist. Like, it's like there's not a lot of it, like, left over from it. So it's it was really cool to see, like, the all the parts that you guys were able to assemble, whether it be, like, finding the band members or finding the archival footage. I really enjoyed that. It kind of does beg the question of what qualifies a band because they never officially, well, they did record songs, but they never had a, an official album release in any way. Right. So it, it is weird that like they only performed for like a set amount of months and then that's, that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what is your connection to theme parks? Like what brings you to the story? My connection to theme parks goes all the way back to, gosh, like infancy, you know, uh, growing up as a Southern California kid, uh, my mom and dad took me to Disneyland. My mom and dad went to Disneyland before they met, while they were dating, after they got married. Um, I have countless baby and kid photos of me as a kid going to Disneyland. 
And I always had an attachment, a huge, huge attachment to Tomorrowland at Disneyland. Tomorrowland was my favorite land. I loved the music growing up as like a late 90s kid. I grew up loving the Tomorrowland music that came in in the late 90s. Um, Star Tours, the original version, was and in a, in a way is my favorite ride of all time still. I actually went on Star Tours, so it wasn't the original version, but I went on Star Tours for the first time in January, and I thought it was so much fun, and I was like yeah, screaming in joy. Yeah, it's a blast. It's so good. But, but man, that original Star Tours, like, oh my god, it was something else because I remember being a kid, and you know, right when you're when you're waiting to go through the door to get onto the simulator. Mm-hmm. You can hear the motors and the functions of the the ride that is happening, you know, before you can get on. Right, right. And on the screens above you, they put footage. They, they have it the same way kind of now, but back then it was like security footage. So it almost made it look more real of, right. of yeah, them yeah. working on the ship. And mm-hmm. so when I heard the noises happening behind the door in my head, my kid head processed it as, oh my God, there's a real spaceship behind this door. We're about to get on a real spaceship. That's incredible. And to this day, like nothing has come close to giving me that feeling. Even even the part in the original Star Tours where, you know, Rex yells, you know, I've always wanted to do this. We're going in and they start mm-hmm. the trench run. Stuff like that, like has still stuck with me all these years. It's like some of my favorite memories in the parks. Yeah, it's iconic. And we all love DJ Rex now, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, so because it is a seltzer podcast, what's your relationship to seltzer? Like, are you an avid seltzer drinker? Is it something you've recently started drinking or? You know, I'm not a seltzer fan per se. I am, I am, I am a fan. I do enjoy a good mineral water though. I will say that I really do love mineral waters and my mom really loved San Pellegrino. So that's kind of why it's my uh favorite i i grew up like going to little like cafe meetups with her and her girlfriends and like i would tag along and like sip out of her mineral water so i i've i've grown up loving san pellegrino and there was a trader joe's mineral water brand and i cannot remember i, I don't even know if they still have it now uh i was thinking about either getting that or san pellegrino but i went with san pellegrino that's so funny because i went to trader joe's today and i was like looking at all the things and i was like should i pick up one of these and um, I didn't get anything there, but I went to Whole Foods and there's something called, and this is going to be like a later episode, I guess, for listeners to look forward to, but there's something called Liquid Death. Like, it's like a what? very metal type of can. And um, so, yeah, um, look forward to that, listeners. I don't know. It's That's just awesome. like shocking to see, but it, it, it's very cool. Um, was it a was it a mineral water the liquid, it, the liquid they have a yeah it's like a sparkling i think it's a sparkling water and then they also have just like regular water in a can but it looks like a beer can like it doesn't look like That's... a um like a like it does not look like a seltzer or a, like any type of sparkling in any way wow that that's amazing <laughs> it's the name alone i was like i need to try that um so back to the project how how did it come to be like what how did you find out about them and then how long did it take to develop the documentary well the doc took about just over a year and a half entirely from 
us starting off to now us finishing it tomorrow, it, it releasing um, uh, to date time that we're recording this. Um, the way that it came to us was I had previously made a doc that I put on YouTube called Remain Seated, Please. And it was about these two guys who snuck around the, the old Horizons ride at Epcot back when it was still open and they filmed their entire experiences doing this. And that doc caught the attention of Kevin from Defunctland and he messaged me saying, hey, we should do some sort of a collaboration. So we talked and we had like three different Skype calls where we talked for hours about all sorts of ideas because originally the idea was, excuse me, to make something that was like a 40 minute long doc for the YouTube channel. Right. That was the original plan was 40 plus minutes. That was the agreement. So on the third Skype call in, 10 minutes into the call, he just started laughing. I was like, what was so, what's so funny? And he said, go on Google right now and type in Halix. I was like, wow. Halix, how do you spell that? H-L-Y-X. Okay. My first reaction was I was completely just dumbfounded because mm. it's I've described it to people as it's a weird thing because you look at it and the first thing I thought was Star Wars. And then I read Disney and immediately it didn't register because I was like, wait, so this is a Star Wars knockoff. But the thing, the thing about knockoffs is that knockoffs typically, when you think of a knockoff, you think of something with low effort. But this didn't look like something with low effort. Right, because it's Disney you, behind it. So there's a bunch of money. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, and then you look at that poster and the poster is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's so it's, I, I feel like I had that feeling as well of like uh, finding out about them and Googling them and being like, wait, why is nobody talking about this? You know, like yeah. it's, it's something so cool that it's, I feel like not a lot of people know. And then the people that do know, it's like, they're the cool kids. <laughs> they're the people that know. like know about it, you know? I really doubted that it was real for a second there because I was shocked that there was no information about it because, so I remember the, the way that the conversation went was he was telling me, he was like, look this up. He was like, all right, go on this blog post. I was like, oh, okay. He's like, here are a couple of names, write them down. And I still have my original like drive spreadsheet that I created where we wrote down all of the names that we could find attached to the project. Right. And you have to imagine me as a filmmaker, like imagine you, you made this agreement to make a film for the YouTube channel. And the guy throws at you this idea that you've never heard of. He's never heard of before. Um, or actually he, he had found out about it through podcast, the ride. They had talked about it on their podcast. Right. Because one of their hosts, Scott Gardner, had found out about it when he had a meeting with a, a Hollywood producer who was like, oh, you're a Disney fan? Well, have you ever heard of, heard of Halix? And then that's how Scott found out about it. But anyways, you have to imagine me as a filmmaker. Put yourself in my shoes. So you're given this idea. And immediately off the bat, he goes, here's a bunch of names to contact. Oh, by the way, this took place 38 years ago. And we already know for a fact that the lead singer is dead. We knew that from hour zero mm -hmm. so the lead singer is dead good luck um hopefully no one else is dead um you're not going to be able to find that out for weeks or months oh also um don't even bother trying to google anything because there's nothing online for the wow. first four months of research i watched every single disneyland home video from 1979 to I, I've made the range huge I, to like 1984. 
So the footage that is in the doc, did you find that from some of the home videos or no? So where that's from, so I'll I'll get to that in a second. So when, when, when we slowly got in contact with all the band members, I finally, so, so the, so the drummer, Brian Lucas, when I set out to looking to look for him, it's very hard to find like this. It was very hard to find this guy because you know, there's a million of the same looking old white guys named Brian Lucas on Facebook. And exactly. Like, how do you, it's common. How do you dis- discern from which one? How do I find out which one is the Halix guy? It's not like that's going to be in his bio, you know? Right, right. I'm sure he's done a million other things in the 38 years since. So it was actually thanks to Roger Freeland, the bassist. When I interviewed him, after the interview, I said, okay, Roger, do me a favor. And I pulled up Facebook and I showed him all of Brian Lucas's and I said, which one is the drummer? And he said, that one. Wow. So I messaged him. I messaged him. <laughs> it, was, it was him. And keep in mind, this is four months in. I'm finally meeting the drummer. Mm-hmm. I start off a Facebook Messenger chat. He takes about a week to respond. He goes, yes, that is me. Oh, my God. Hey, how you doing, man? And I'm like, hey, great. Yeah, I uh, wanted to set up an interview with you for Halix. And then his next message goes, oh, yeah, Halix, great memories. Was just watching the footage the other day. Oh, and my And my God. heart exploded. <laughs> I was screaming. I was running around my house screaming. That's and incredible. I, as it turns out, he has probably the last remaining footage of Halix in existence. Wow. And do you want to know who filmed it? Who? His, at the time, eight-year-old little brother on a high eight tape. Oh, and my God. <laughs> when you watch the film, which if you're listening to this, please go watch the film. I, I don't want to spoil anything further because I've already talked about Laura <laughs> Mead. But, but when you watch that footage... He got perfect coverage. He zooms in at all the right points. He keeps a steady hand. Right, yeah, yeah. He gets an equal amount of close-ups and wide angles. It's insane how perfect the footage is for being high footage from being filmed from an eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I, I was very impressed to see, like I said earlier, that it's like, it is so hard to find this thing. So the fact that you did were able to find coverage for even just like they'll mention like the keyboardist and they'll show like his little vehicle that he's on. And I was like, that's so cool that they're able to like actually document that and for maybe, I guess for the first time for the public, you know? Oh yeah. Because I mean, for at some point I absolutely did reach out to Disney and also the people in the dock were like, well, let me, let me reach out to Disney. Let me try reaching out to people I know at Disney. They don't have anything um as the last i heard they had two press releases which we had and they have the press photo that's available online that black and white group shot of them and that's it wow um and as we confirmed in the doc we found out that all of the physical pieces from the band are pretty much gone except for laura's jacket the Wookiee suit fell apart over years um that that was crazy too like the I'm sorry if this is spoilers if uh, anybody hasn't seen it yet, but just um, it was crazy, like the reveal that the jacket was still there. I thought that was like very beautiful to put in at the end, that that was like the last remaining thing. It was insane to find that out. I had full on chills when I got that text from uh, her niece and I found out that that was the last thing. I just remember the first thing I said was, of course. Yeah. That was the the first words out of my mouth was, (laughs) of course. Of course, that's the last thing. 
is Laura's jacket. And it's also really sad too. Um, a friend of mine, uh, a female writer, she, she actually, she, she helped write um, the Jim Henson series for Defunct Land, Kristen Beale. She, she had watched a lot of early cuts of the movie and I had shown her that part and we discussed the film afterwards and she pointed out something that has really stuck with me. She said, I really love that part with the jacket because it, it, it's proof, it's physical proof that Laura didn't fully let go of Halix. Wow, yeah, that's that true. She held on to the jacket for yeah. all of her life. Yeah, it yeah. seems like it was like, even if it was maybe a tiny part of their life, it's like you said when you, I think you said when you contacted the drummer where he was just like, I was just watching the footage. Like they think of it fondly. It's not something they look back and like regret or anything. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that, um, I think Bruce still has the amp that he used to play on stage. And I think Roger might have kept his base. But aside from that, yeah, we were told by the stage manager that the spaceship cart was dismantled the day after they stopped performing. Not even like, they didn't even wait to see what would happen with the album or anything. They dismantled that sucker right away. And then I, 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 Gary Kreisel told me that they were really proud of the Wookiee costume and they paraded it around for a while. But just slowly, yeah, it just fell apart. And I think all of the costumes fell apart. I could be wrong, but I feel like, I think the, the, the pants that Tom wore as the keyboard, uh, as the keyboard robot were either recycled from, I think they were recycled from the, from the black hole costume department. Oh, wow. So they were already could, pulling things be, from like I the Disney archive. Wrong. Possibly. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I feel like I heard that at some point long ago. But yeah, it's crazy. And the other crazy thing after the footage reveal of that coming from Brian was um, someone from Facebook came along um, named Larry Patterson. And he messaged me saying, hey, so that summer I was like part of that fan group. And I took it I, at the time he was studying photography. And so he wanted to get possibly a job as like a concert photographer. Mm -hmm. So he said that he would just come down every night and he would take photos of the band and the security guards would let him run around the front of the stage, just taking photos. And he was like, he's like, I think I have about a hundred photos. Wow. Like, are you serious? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, uh, and in, in my head, I'm like, I'm like, how much do you want? hundred dollars, $200, $500. $500. He's like, no, no, no. Don't worry about it. I'll scan all of them in for free. Oh my God. That's a gold mine. So he started the scanning process. <laughs> and when he got back to me at the end of the week, he's like, here's all the photos scanned in. There ended up being 366 of them. Wow. That's so, fascinating. Yeah. Our footage came from one guy and most of our photos came from one guy. <laughs> so for a long time, we were working off of a cut of just a couple of photos and just a bunch of interviews and for a while we were thinking that are we gonna have to before we got the concert footage we were thinking are we gonna have to animate this thing like are we gonna have to do animated dramatizations wow. mm -hmm. you know so thankfully we didn't have to go down that road <laughs> it's the seltzer cast with your host sean patrick o'brien folks let me ask you do you love movies? Do you spend your days thinking about how much you just love to watch movies? The good ones, even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? 
It sounds like Superyaki is the place for you. The team at Superyaki loves movies as well. So much so that they dedicate every waking moment of their life to bring you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts advocating for the immediate production of a third national treasure, to comfy sweatshirts that serve as a call to arms to all those in support of making Judy Greer America's lead. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Superyaki brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Superyaki screen prints all of their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. Pretty nice if you ask me. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Let's watch more movies. And now, listeners, I have a treat for you. Anyone listening to this podcast can take 10% off of their next order with code SUPERFRIEND at checkout. The code is SUPERFRIEND in all caps and no spaces at superyaki.com. That's S-U-P-E-R-Y-A-K-I.com. Superyaki.com. What seltzer flavors do you think each member of Helix would drink? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. Well, what are some examples? Since I'm not, I'm not that much of a, a seltzer drinker, uh, what are some examples? Because I, I feel like I feel like Tom, the, the robot, would probably just stick with just plain um, unflavored uh, seltzer. I just want to say as well that the um, reveal that the frog or like poly whatever it doesn't oh, have log. a name <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. that they they just decided not to give him a name that was great i'm sorry i'm like trying to think of like all the characters that are in <laughs> alex but well, um that's okay. something so, that i was like that's great <laughs> yeah so there's there's yeah there's the wog there's the baharnith uh there's bruce the guitarist there's laura the lead singer i feel like Oh, what's it like? Dark cherry? What? Yeah, like dark cherry. That's a flavor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. I feel like I feel like Bruce would drink that in a very badass way. I just I just get the vibe from him. I feel like the Wog is a fun guy. Would probably drink something tropical, like a pineapple or something like that. Yeah. Good answers. <laughs> those, those, those are my answers. No, those <laughs> are good. Those are good. <laughs> So um, one thing we do on the show is we rate the bubbliness and then we rate the overall seltzer at all. So because it is like a mineral water, I think personally that it's not that bubbly and I think that that's okay. Like I think that that serves its purpose to like, it's just exactly what it should be because it's San Pellegrino. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say the bubbliness is like an eight. And then the San Pellegrino, I guess, would be a 10 because it's a classic. Yeah, honestly, for me, like, the bubbliness is I'm, – I'm a baby when it comes to bubbliness, so it's a little intense for me. But like you're saying, that's okay because it still is refreshing. Right, So yeah. I give the bubbliness a 7. And, yeah, I would also give San Pellegrino a 10 because it's, it's one of the only ones that – I consider it to be super refreshing and right now it's really hitting the spot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, it's a classic and it's been around for 620 years. And I think that we know why once we like taste it. Um, but that's interesting that you say like um, 
that you don't necessarily like like bubbles and stuff because um we had recorded an episode like yesterday and me and the guests were saying that like there is certain seltzers that will with the bubbles like just kind of punch you in the back of the throat and i feel like san Pellegrino is not one of them so it is a good one to like start for like the mild the mild seltzer drinker i guess i'll say you know yeah for the babies like me (laughs) who want who want to have just slightly sparkly water (laughs) um so do you have anything else that you want to promote before we head out um no just uh if anyone wants to follow me they can follow me at matthew underscore serrano on instagram matthew g serrano on twitter Please, everyone, go watch Halix, Live from the Space Stage, a Halix story. It's, it's free on the Defunct Land YouTube channel. Share it with your friends. Share it with that friend of yours who thinks that they know all the Star Wars trivia and all the theme park trivia, because I can guarantee you they do not know about this one. Um, so it's premiering on August 20th. That's correct? Yes, August 20th, cool. uh, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Awesome. And everybody, please check it out. And I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, And thank you for joining us, Matthew. I hope you'd enjoyed your San Pellegrino. (laughs) All right. Thank you. All righty. Goodbye. All right. Thank you so much. See ya. Yeah. Goodbye. This has been the SeltzerCast, hosted and produced by Sean Patrick O'Brien. Be sure to join us next week, my bubbly friends. Farewell for now. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for the music, Tim Wells for the voiceover, and Kira Koffer for the art. Thank you to Superyaki for sponsoring the SeltzerCast. Be sure to follow our Twitter, at SeltzerCast, and our Instagram, which is Seltzer.Cast. See you next week.